appreciation for the Sprinkle family sharing their story and just the bigger connection of how God works and how he partners with his church uh, to do what he wants to do. It's unbelievable. Um, also want to take a, a second right here and just to let you in on the fact that Aaron is going to be back next weekend to preach his first sermon after sabbatical. And I was talking to him last week, or actually last night. He's a little too fired up, but I'm telling you it is one you do not want to miss. So make sure you're back here next weekend for that. All right. Well, it's so good for me to be back. It's good to see all of you, everyone at the campuses, everyone watching online. So glad we're plugged in today. Um, but I do want to circle back to that film. And I want to hit on a, on a few things. And I want to keep celebration going. And, and I want to celebrate Lisa, the, the kids ministry team member that, that, that took their baby for the first time. I mean, all of our kids ministry volunteers, all of our team members in general, I want you to hear that story and to see that when that interaction happens, that's not just a transaction. Someone's not just handing you their baby. They are handing you thousands of prayers. They are handing you a part of themselves. And it is such a big thing that you are stewarding for them. Yeah. Like when, when you're on guest experience and you shake someone's hand out there, you're not just shaking someone's hand. You just shook the hand of someone that put the car in reverse three times and back to park. They barely made it through the doors and you welcoming them and comforting them and, and just saying, so glad that you're here. That gave them the courage to keep coming in here so that they could hear about Jesus. I, I just want to say this because a lot of times we don't get a film on the other side of it. But the spirit of God within you makes it possible so that your presence alone removes barriers that keep people from Jesus that your mind can't even let you in on. So if you're here today and you're wondering, I don't even know if it matters. Can I please tell you right now that you are making a difference? Can we celebrate all of our team members right now that show up? And because of them, we get to hear stories like that of what God does when he gets a hold of people's heart. But I also think that there's something in their story that a lot of us can relate to. You see, they kind of had this idea of the way that their life was going to go, right? They had it mapped out. We're going to get pregnant here. We're not even going to miss anything. We'll be ready to take pictures next summer. And I think for all of us, we kind of have a plan, an idea, a, a, a vision of the way our life is going to be. Some of us have more detailed <laughs> plans of it than others, but we have an idea. But I just want to see something right now. Show of hands, whose life right now is going exactly the way that you planned it? Good. I, I didn't want to make fun of anybody here on a Sunday morning for lying, so that's good. But what I, and I'm not even saying it's, it's worse than you thought it would be. A lot of times for a lot of us, life is way better than we thought it was going to be. Anybody here today have a life that is going a little bit, a lot of bit better than you thought it would be because of God stepping in. But that doesn't take away from the fact that, that we do find ourselves on these scenic routes through life where we have this idea of, okay, we're going to go from A to B. There's nothing in the way. What could stop us? And then we get up there and we find ourselves going in these roundabout ways to get to places that we never thought that we would be. And we're like, what is going 
on. You know, for the Sprinkle family, it was the birth of their child. But maybe for you, it was your career choice. Maybe for you, it was your family. Or maybe for you, it was school, middle school, high school, and college. It is going very, very differently than you thought it would. What I want us to see today is that when we find ourselves on those scenic routes, when it seems like we are going in roundabout ways, I just want us to see that, that maybe we're not lost, but maybe that there's a God who is sovereign, who is in control of it all, and is actually taking us by the hand through this unique situation we call life. And it's a path, it's a route, not without pain, but it's also not without purpose, that God wants to do something in the midst of it, no matter where you are in that journey. And at the same time, I don't know where you are in that journey, but I do wanna, I wanna read some scripture over you today. And if this is the only thing you hear, but you hear this and you believe it and you live like it's true, I believe it's enough to meet you right where you are and to change your life. I believe that. But, but let's read this together. It says, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So right now, no matter where you are, even though if it doesn't look like you thought it would look, hold on to that. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. God is with you no matter where you are. And this is our part. So we can say with confidence. So we're going to say with confidence right now in this moment. Say it with me. The Lord is my helper. So I, ha I will have no fear because what can mere people do to me? I just want that truth to rush over you today. That wherever you find yourself, please, without a doubt, know that even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, even when you're going places you never thought you would go, there is a God that is with you. There is a God that is fighting for you. And there is a God that wants to be with you every step of the way. Come on. And to look at this, the, these scenic routes that we find ourselves on, and, and to try to make sense of maybe what are some of the reasons why, we're going to be looking at a book in the Bible called Exodus. Exodus. And we're going to start in chapter 13. But before we get there, I just want to kind of set the scene because we're walking in on the middle of a whole lot. All right. So what we're stepping into is that the Israelites, God's people, have been in Egypt for 430 years. That's a scenic route. Like no one planned that they would be here for that long, but generation after generation, they were there. And it's not like things were getting better. They were actually getting worse and worse. The Egyptians began to change their view of how they saw the Israelites, mostly because of how many there were. Like they were taking, you know, the command of be fruitful and multiply super seriously, all right? Lots of kids all over the place. So to protect themselves, they actually begin to enslave the Israelites. And they begin to put all of this work on them to kind of push them down. And it even gets darker than that. They actually put out a decree that says, hey, all, if any males are born from the Israelites, they need to be killed. Like it is this super dark time in the life of God's people, but then God shows up. After 430 years and God shows up in a huge way. He goes toe to toe with Pharaoh who, who is over this most powerful regime empire on the earth. And if you know this story, it's unbelievable. God goes at him, 10 plagues, ends up shaking 
the Israelites free. Like it is like a moment that, that, that you, you would just imagine if you were there, you couldn't unsee it, right? You've grown up in this, family after family has been told Egypt is the most powerful. It's okay, that, I mean, they're just so big and they're so powerful. And then one day God says, I'm gonna show up and then he does. And then you see God show up and he honestly like flips Egypt upside down, bully style, and shakes the Israelite people out of Egypt. And then there's this amazing moment where they walk out military style from Egypt. Like, just like, see you guys later, we're out. They walk out free and without being harmed. And you're like, now we're at it. This is what we were waiting on. Now there's not going to be any more hiccups. Now they're going to be able to go smoothly to where God has for them. And what God had for them was this promised land, this place that he had called out for them, this place that he had carved out just for them where they could come to know him and where they could be his people. You're thinking, it's all going to be good now. It's all going to be easy, point A to point B, direct line. But I'm telling you, this verse really shook me over these past few weeks. Because that's not what happens. And it says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Now, this is a really hard thing, I think, for us, especially our Western minds living in 2021, to think that the right route isn't the most efficient route, that the right route in some way would not be the easiest route. But here we see that God actually deliberately takes them not on the main road that leads to exactly where they're going. He doesn't give them the shortest route. But right here, he shares with us by his grace exactly what he's doing, that it's not without purpose. It says, God said, if, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. There is a shorter way. But that's not the way God takes them. He says, I'm going to take them on this roundabout way. I'm going to take them on this scenic route. And then he shares with them exactly why. He says, because if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. And we're beginning to see God's heart for things. That God is not primarily concerned with efficiency or speed or just getting us from point A to point B. But God is really concerned with you and with me. And God shows his cards right here. The most important thing to him is that we stay with him, that we stay in relationship with him. And to him, it's worth it to go in the long roundabout way. It's worth it to take the scenic route. If it means that we get to stay with him, if we don't run back to the way things used to be. And I just want us to let that sit on us right now. And let, let Egypt represent your life, your old way of life, the life where you were doing it on your own, where you were about your own things. And now you're going through life and maybe you're experiencing something where it's not going the way that you thought it would. You thought it would be an easy one, two, three, but now you seem to be in this holding pattern or you're going around and around and you're thinking, the, the thought in your head is why is God 
preventing this from happening. But what I want to say today, based on what Scripture says here, is maybe God's not preventing something from happening. Maybe God is protecting you from something happening. If we can be humble for a moment and say that maybe there's a battle on the other side of the thing that we think we want that we're not prepared for. Could it be possible? Could it be possible that God is all about you and it's not trying to keep something good from you, but he's trying to keep this relationship as locked and loaded as possible? But I know that there's a lot of us right now that, that are almost mad at God because he's not coming through in the way that we thought he would. He's not showing up the way that we thought he would. He's not giving us the things that we asked for. And we're holding God accountable to promises that he never made. Please hear me when I say this. God promised God. God is not putting his name on a job, on money, on power, on anything that is moving. God promised I will be there. God promised no matter what you face, I will not abandon you. I will be there with you every single step of the way. Come on. We do not follow God to get the things that God leads us to. We follow God to get God. That's the end all be all. We don't get on this scenic route because we get what we want. We follow God, we're on this scenic route so that God can get what he wants. And the thing is the most brilliant thing that your mind can ever fathom is that God wants you. You are his prized possession. You are the one he's willing to move heaven and earth for and hell just so that he can be with you. That this is the God we serve. And I just want us to think about how that changes our life. That if it's not an enemy keeping things from us because no enemy has the power to do that, that it's not Carol keeping you from that promotion, it's not Susie down the street that's stopping something from happening, because the one that is for you is stronger than anything or anyone that could ever hold anything good from you. And your God wants what's best for you. So maybe it's not that they're stopping you, but God is saying, be patient. I got something even better. I got something that you can't fathom. I got something you couldn't ask for, but through my spirit, I'm going to make it happen. And that's what we see here. This is the first thing that God shows of why we end up on routes that we never planned in places that we didn't expect to be. If we can be humble and realize that it's not God's keeping something from us, he's not preventing, but he is actually protecting us because he wants to do something that only he can do. And as we keep reading here, we're gonna get to the other reason for, which is overarching in all of our lives and all of history of why our lives don't go the way that we think they would. It's not because we're lost. It's not because God has forgotten about us, but God is doing something very unique that only God can do. Because you see, as they begin to walk around, it's not that they just take a roundabout way. It's not that they just go around the long way. God actually brings them back around all the way back to so they sit right in front of Egypt. Like he is setting a trap where they are the bait. They bring them out and they said, all right, you're going to camp right here. Just sit here. And they're like, hey, does, Moses, does God know that they can see us? This is a horrible game of hide and seek. Like um, they can see, uh, yeah, they can see everything. 
But God is doing something that even when it doesn't make sense, even when we can't comprehend, even when it seems like we should be running a million miles the other direction, God wants to do something. Look at what God wants to do. He says, I'm doing all this because then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camp there as they were told. So God breaks it down for us right here. He says that there's some things that, that I protect you from because there's battles that you're not ready to face. And then here's the second one. We're going to read that one more time so, 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 so we don't miss this. It says, the Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused and trapped. And once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. And here it is. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. That this was God's plan from the beginning. It's God's plan today. It'll be God's plan tomorrow. That what he is after is displaying his glory, making it so clear that he alone is God. But what does that mean? He wants to display his glory. Well, glory is kind of a, it's a big word. It's used in a lot of different ways. But, but what it is, is it represents God. God is glorious. It, it represents his weight. It represents his reputation. And you see, God created the whole earth, this whole planet to be a cosmic temple a temple where everything living and breathing worshiped and praised God and God alone. And, and within this creation, at the top of it, God actually placed an image of himself within this very specific part of the world in this garden. And he made image bearers, Adam and Eve. And what they were supposed to do was to take this image that they have been given and to take it all across the planet, to subdue it, to fill the earth with God's glory. But they fail. Being image bearers wasn't quite enough, so they actually reach out and, and they want to be God himself. And this brings into a whole bunch of problems, including sin. And as sin enters into the world, God's glory is harder for me and you to see. We begin to think that we can actually take the place of God. And when we do, everything gets shaken up. And because of their sin, they're actually removed from this garden. They fail the mission of taking the glory across the earth. But what I want us to do today is to celebrate the fact that even all of that happened. God's original design and plan for this, it, it, it went off. And Adam and Eve, they had to take this scenic route around. All of humanity would have to go around. But our God is a God of opportunities. Instead of when sin entered the world, God saying, well, I'm going to remove my glory from this whole place. I'm going to remove myself from this whole situation. And you're going to be helpless and hopeless. That's not what our God does. Our God now says, okay, now my God, now my glory has a way to show itself in ways that it didn't have before. Now my glory is going to show up in darkness and bring light. Now my glory is going to show up. And even where there was no pain before, now there's pain. I'm going to bring healing. 
Now our God is going to show up. And even when there was no death before, now there is. I'm going to show you that by my power, I can even bring dead things to life. That our God can find his glory in anything and everything. So I just want to put that out there for you today. If you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you feel like you're at the end of a story, can I just tell you, you are not at the end. There is nothing God can't use. There is nothing God won't use to get his glory, to make it painfully clear that he alone should be worshiped. Is there anybody here today that has experienced what God has done in their lives, the grace that he has extended to them when he showed up in that moment? Is there anyone that has received and seen the glory of God that can attest to it this morning? So we see that, that God does have a plan, that he's either protecting us or it's a setup for him to show out and to show off of who he is and why he alone is God. He's ready. But the people is not so much, all right? Because people do what people do and uh, they don't do the right thing. So look at this. God, God has just sent 10 plagues. God just shook Egypt. God is taking them by the hand through the wilderness but yet they're still afraid. They're still worried because it's not looking how they thought it would. And it says, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, they looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us, you animal? He didn't say that part. Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, if there was ever anybody that needed to be on one of those Snickers commercials, it's the Israelites. Like, calm down, all right? That's, that's not what you were saying at all. Like this past week, I'm telling you, Steph called me and she was telling me to pick the kids up from school. And all of last year, our kids were on online learning. Like they were there. And it was, it was an experience, right? It was an experience that we will all have. But all parties involved agreed, this is not best for us because of who we are, right? The kids were not fans. Uh, my teaching was questioned quite a bit, rightfully so, all right? Um, but this past week, they were like, you know, we could go back to online learning. I mean, we never, we liked it. We loved it. And I was, you are a bold faced lot. You're going to sit up here and, but how quickly we forget when we get into a new situation, when we're surrounded by new things, even if they're good or bad, they're not the same and they're not comfortable. So we, our, our gut response is, well, let's just go back to the way things were. And it made me think about all of the prayers we pray and all of the things that we ask God to do. And I just want us to think about this because God is in the midst of answering their prayers right now. Like that's, that's not what they said. 
They actually had a very different tune. That's why God showed up in the first place. Look at this. It says the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cries rose up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. But because it didn't look like they thought it would, their immediate response must be God's not involved. He has left us. And can I propose that same thing to you today? If you're in this spot of, of doubt, if you're in this spot of, I thought it was going to look like this when you stepped into that career. I thought it was going to look like this when I stepped into my marriage. I thought it was going to look like this when I stepped into motherhood or fatherhood. And now it's going differently. And you're thinking, man, is God even real? Why am I going through this? Can I say that God very rarely shows up exactly the way we thought he would. God is not a transactional God. God a lot of times creates environments, creates situations, allows things to happen so that we can turn to him, so that we can look to him, so that we can become more and more like him. Like if you prayed for stability and security, he's not just gonna drop a bag of money on you because that's really what you wanted when you were praying for stability and security, because that's not gonna bring it. So maybe what he'll do is he will urge you and his spirit will guide you to get up in the mornings and to read his word. Maybe what he'll do is he'll put you into a group so that you can have community, so that you can have a group of people all around you. But once you get three months into a group and people start you know, holding you accountable to things, you're like, I don't know if I need this in my, in my life. This can't be what God was talking about. But this is exactly what God is talking about. That God is going to show up and I just don't want us to get lost in these prayers that we don't think are being answered when God is actually doing it, but he's doing it in a way that you can't see. But look at what happens. And this is for all of us. This is for anyone right now that you're in that spot where you're beginning to question, is God there? Is he really gonna show up? Is he really for me? Look at how he shows up. Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The Lord himself will fight for you. This is the first time that phrase shows up in the Bible. But soon it'll become the theme. It'll become the mantra of the people of God. Everywhere they go, it will become the confidence that they walk in. That they know that there's nothing great going on about them. But they know that they, they have a mighty warrior God who fights for them. And that he is going to display his glory through things that only he can do. And, and look at what he asked us to do. And think back to this. This is how God's going to get the glory. By not being afraid 
standing still and being calm. And maybe for a lot of you, especially soldiers, especially those that want to just run in and do something no matter what, we need a plan, we need to be moving. Maybe that seems passive to you. But I will remind you that when they were told this, they actually had the faith to follow God out of Egypt, out of a place that the only place they had ever, ever known. They left their homes. They were following day in and day out. They were, walk, they were doing stuff. But in this moment, before God was about to display his glory, before he was about to show it and make it really, really clear who he was, this is what he calls them to do. And this is not a passive thing. This is not an inactive thing. Like to look back to the sprinkle story, I, I think the way she was talking about it just set it up perfectly. She said, we believed God had healing in healing in not running away. We believe God had healing if we were not going to run away. Like to me, like that is a clear picture of what it means because the easy thing is to be tempted to run away and to hide, to think that, no, I just don't want to do anything about this. But God is saying, no, 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 don't you run. Don't you hide. But I want you to stand here and I want you to see this. And I just started thinking about, does that describe us? A, a culture, a church that is standing, that is calm, that is watching, that is trusting that God is fighting? And this is the question I want to put out there to you. This week, what would it look like for you to live out these commands from God? And I just want, I just want to walk through them and let them, let them roll over you. Don't be afraid. I just want you to think about how much messaging goes towards the opposite of that. Very little do I see of like, News today, don't be afraid, it's okay. It's run for the hills. You should fear everything. But God gives us this proposition where he says either you can fear everything or you can fear me and fear nothing else. That's the proposition. You can either fear everything this world throws at you or you can step in here with me, take this route through life with me, and you can fear nothing. That's what Paul is saying over and over again in Romans, that if God is for us, who could be against us? That's what we read together earlier. What can mere mortals do to us? But if we could be fearless before God, to be still. This isn't the idea of doing nothing, but it's... It's to stop from the frantic activity where you're just like bouncing back and forth, turning yourself in circles. The only thing you're doing is getting yourself dizzy and looking like a goofball. But what would it look like even when it's coming, even when you're in the storm, even when the thing is on the horizon, you're face to face with it, but instead looking up and to say, no, I fear God. I don't fear anything that's coming my way. And then now you have a peace that you can walk into it with. So I'm not gonna fear anything, I'm gonna be still, I'm gonna have peace and I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna stop watching and I'm gonna stop trying to figure out how this thing is gonna unfold. I'm gonna stop watching and bracing for the next hit. 
but I'm going to watch my God do what only my God can do. I'm going to trust that my God is above all of this. And while everyone else is looking this way, I'm looking straight up and saying, God, this here is no reflection of who you are. Jesus Christ is a reflection of who you are. And I know that if you are willing to send your only son to die for me, then this is nothing. This is nothing you can't see. This is nothing you can't control. This is nothing you can't take on. It's nothing you're not willing to take on. So I'm going to watch, do what my God can only do, and I'm going to stay calm. Anybody feel like they're on a roller coaster sometimes? Well, you have your 30 minutes of quiet time in the morning. You're, raying, you're, you're reading, you're praying, listening to some worship music on the way to work. You walk through the doors. Somebody says something funny. You're like, all right, let me just take my We're going to do this right now? You're going to disrespect. And then all of a sudden you're like, how did I go from this state of peace to this state of chaos? Because I didn't take it with me. As I go, I'm not afraid. I'm still before anything and everything. I'm watching to see how God wants me to respond. So now I can respond in a calm, loving, patient, graceful, and loving way everywhere I go. And I'm going to trust that the Lord will fight for me. I'm going to trust that this one's not on me. I'm going to trust that no one needs me to be the hero. I'm going to leave the miraculous to God and what he wants to do. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to be dependent on him. And he is going to do some amazing things through me. But the incredible thing is that he is going to empower me to do it. That he is going to allow me to see things that I could have never seen before. And when our God fights for us, it is clear to us and to everyone around us, this is of God. I want us to look at this. To look at how God resolves this issue. Verse 14. Or sorry, chapter 14, verse 19. It says, Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. And the pillar of God, the pillar of cloud, also moved from the front and stood behind them. And the cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. God kept them separated. It says, then Moses raised his hand over the sea. And the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. I can tell you, following God will take you on a journey, on a route that you never would have planned. That Google Maps will never take you. And you will come to places in your life where you do not see a way out. You do not see how this is going to work out. You do not know how this is going to be redeemed or restored. But God said, I'm going to display my glory. And then there will come a time, whether that's today or years from now, where you will walk through walls of water. That God will display it perfectly for everyone to be able to see. I just spent, after this first service, out in the lobby talking with person after person. 
how they said that they were in, they were going through life. They were faced with this. And then God showed up, that God cured them, that God healed them, that God carried them along the way. What we call this is God's grace. And because of all that he's done, what he's after is his glory and he's displaying it through us by his grace that he extends us, by his forgiveness, by his patience that he has with us. And I'm just saying, following him, making it all about him, letting go of all the ways we wanted to live and all the things we were holding on to, all of the things that were keeping us in bondage and to say, no, I'm gonna live for God. I want him to get the glory. So no matter what we eat or what we drink or what we do, it is all for God's glory. That's when you get to walk through walls of water. So I wanna ask you today is how can God get the glory? There's a situation you're in, there's a season you're in, there is an opportunity for God to get the glory. And it doesn't come after the circumstance changes. Glory can come any time. Glory shows up when we least think it will. Glory can show up in darkness. Glory can show up in a diagnosis. Glory can show up in a divorce. Glory can show up in addiction. Glory can show up when you hit rock bottom because there is a God who has made a promise that he will never abandon you, that he will never leave you. So I just want you to go with that this week. Instead of being bogged down by all the things that you see, all the fear that is trying to come after you, to remember who your God is, that he is a mighty warrior that fights for you. And that when he could have walked away, he decided to stay. And when darkness began to find its way here on earth, God made a plan to display his glory. And he displayed it perfectly in the person of Jesus Christ. That God would look out here and he would see that there's no way for us to make it across the chasm. There was no way for us to get across the barriers that were keeping us from God. So God said, I will go and I will display my glory. And the mission that I had once given humanity to live perfectly, to show what it likes to point to me in everything that I do, my son will do that. And as he went through his life doing miracles and serving others and being there, he would take a scenic route. No one saw it coming. No one would have planned it this way. Even the people that were closest to him, he started walking, no one saw it coming because he was carrying a cross to be crucified. The whole world thought this can't be how it's supposed to go. It's Egypt all over again. They're, they're barreling down on us. Our savior's about to be hung on a cross. But God in that moment showed that God does what only God can do. And he would take the pain and the death of the cross. He would take it onto himself. He would take your sin and my sin and he would nail it there. And he would bring glory to God, showing that God is not giving up on his creation. And our God would show that there's nothing that can separate us. He would even defeat sin and death itself, coming out on the other side. And where God rescued them through the Red Sea to get them into the promised land, God held back every bit of sin that was keeping us from God and said, now you can come to me. 
Now you can know that I will be your God. Now you can know without a doubt, look to my son that I will never leave you. I will not, I can't, I'm already in all the way. There's nothing more that I could do. If there's anyone here today, I just want you to see that, that your life or the struggle or the pain is no evidence that God is not there, that either he's protecting you or he's about to show you that only he can take that spot that is causing so much pain, that has taken so much from you. He wants to fill that. He wants to be the gap. And our response to this is a living out a life of grace is to give God the glory. So what I want us to do right now at all of our campuses online is just to stand. And I want you to think about this moment, these moments that we have together and why it feels the way that it does. Because there's something incredible that happens when we stand together and we worship God. Do you know why that is? It's because when we stand in this position, when we are still before God and we are looking up and seeing who he is, God's glory is brought back to the way it's supposed to be that we are in the right position with God. And that's why in these moments, you feel like you could fight a lion. That's why in these moments, all of the pain and everything you're going to, it feels to go down a little bit and God's spirit begins to well up within you. That's because you're in the spot God wants you to be. This is what it means to worship your God. And he is the only one that deserves it. So right now I'm gonna pray and then we are gonna worship. The worship the God who does it all who opens up the sea so that we can walk through walls of water. Is there anyone here today that believes that when they leave, they're gonna walk through walls of water? That God is gonna take them where they never could have went on their own. That he will rescue his people. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for this story in Exodus that shares so much about who you are in your heart. God, allow us to believe that, that you are not preventing, but you are protecting, that we are your most prized possession, that you've shown it through Jesus. And God, we pray that we come to these spots, not on Sundays, but every single day. We align ourselves with you by worship, that we stand and we're still and we're calm and fear dispenses and your spirit increases. And we sing hallelujah, hallelujah. God alone is worthy of this praise. And then we walk out of here. We walk through walls of water. We walk through darkness. We walk through demons. We walk through diagnosis, knowing that you are with us always and that our God will fight for us. God, we stand under you right now. It is in Jesus' name, amen.